There's so much health advice out there, lots of different voices and opinions, but who can you trust? Trust the experts, the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them tough, intimate health questions so you get the answers you need. This is the Health Essentials Podcast, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic Children's. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician. Hi there. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Health Essentials Podcast. My name is Cassandra Holloway, and I'll be your host. Today, we're talking about how mental health and cleaning are actually connected. We're here with clinical psychologist, Dr. Dawn Potter. Dr. Potter, thanks for taking the time to speak with us and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So if you've ever been gripped with the sudden desire to suddenly deep clean your entire home, or maybe you're motivated and inspired to suddenly reorganize every closet or pantry in your house, you're actually not alone in feeling this way. Research is telling us that a cleaning or a lack of cleaning can actually impact your mental health. Plus, there's been no shortage of cleaning and decluttering gurus over the past several years preaching to us about the importance of keeping a clean and tidy home. So with that being said, Dr. Potter, what is it about a clean and well-organized home that people tend to find so satisfying? For a lot of people, having a clean and organized home can help them feel in control. It can help them with their day-to-day routine. They know where everything is. Um, everything is straightforward. And there's also just a peace of mind from having like an aesthetically pleasing place to, you know, wake up in and return to at the end of your workday, or if you're working from home, of course, just to have your workday feel smooth and organized and put together. Yeah, I definitely notice a difference just in my overall kind of like focus um, and, you know, just like motivation. If things around me are kind of like tidy and, and cleaned up a little bit, you can definitely tell there's some sort of impact on your mental health. Absolutely. Yeah. Because otherwise you could be distracted like, oh gosh, I need to put those dishes away or uh, I'm going to have to do that later. So if you start out with everything neat and tidy, then you don't have those distractions. And a lot of people find clutter distracting, certainly. What are some of the health benefits, obviously on the mental side as well, but also on the physical side of just that kind of act of cleaning and decluttering? What are those benefits? So a lot of people do find cleaning to be um, very satisfying, but also like to be a very good way of managing stress or anxiety. So a lot of people, when they are faced with other problems that maybe they can't address at the time, or they're just kind of overwhelmed, they find that cleaning helps them restore a sense of control. I think that the, the act of cleaning itself, of course, is a physical act. And so if, depending on how much cleaning we're doing, how vigorous we're getting, we actually may be getting a bit of a workout. Um, and even if not, it's just something that gets us up and moving and being, um, you know, in control of our environment. Um, the other thing I think that, um, you know, in terms of health benefits for some people, uh, keeping things clean and tidy and avoiding clutter, particularly on the floor is really important for older adults and also for people with young kids, both for the kids themselves. We don't want tripping hazards, but also for mom or dad, we don't, we don't want to take a tumble. 
Absolutely. And kind of along those lines with like the physical kind of those vigorous cleans, like when you're cleaning Mm -hmm. the windows or you're vacuuming, that could like get your endorphins pumping and kind of help you feel a little bit better as well, I imagine. Yes, it definitely could. Yeah. And I think the final thing is that when we're stressed, and again, if we have some other problem in our life that we can't quite address at the time, cleaning produces a tangible result that we can see and feel we, and we can like look at it afterwards and be like, oh, that looks so great. So we get that satisfaction of doing something meaningful. So everyone has heard of, you know, the spring cleaning phenomenon, um, right around this time of year. Why do you feel, you know, that people suddenly have this inspiration to clean and get organized around this time every, every year? So there's probably, I mean, we now, we, we have the, uh, like the pop culture kind of knowledge of spring cleaning as being a thing. And that's, so that's, that's real that we have that just like we have new year's resolutions. We have the idea of like, okay, spring is a time to clean, but spring in general has always been a time of like renewal and kind of rebirth, like in the animal kingdom. That's, that's often when a lot of animals are starting to reproduce. And so we kind of have this idea of spring being a season of new things. And I think in addition to that, you know, during the winter, especially the further, the further north you, you live, you have shorter days, longer nights. It really can affect people that lack of exposure to sunlight. It's also, we have colder weather, so we're not going outside as much. So people's energy can really be a lot lower during the winter time. And we can see a corresponding like surge of increased energy in the springtime as days are brighter, days are warmer, people are getting outside more and they feel more energized by that exposure to sunlight. Along the same lines, you often hear about, you know, pregnant women who are nesting, um, you know, and they're trying to get their homes all clean and organized or their nursery ready. Do you think this kind of plays along the same lines as spring cleaning? Um, Yes and no. I I think, I mean, I think that that's certain, there's probably a, um, you know, instinctual component to that. Uh, I'm not sure that early pregnancy really brings more energy though. (laughs) Often it can bring some fatigue, particularly first and third trimester. However, there is just that instinct that you want to, because of the, the new baby coming, you really want to have your environment set up. And like we said, it kind of brings about that sense of control, you know, and obviously having a baby, you're losing that sense of control. And I think just kind of tidying everything up kind of sense you, makes you sense like, okay, you know, it's going to be okay. Things are going to be okay with this. Yes, absolutely. That I think that makes total sense. You, you, you have a lot of things happening that are just happening, but you can control some of your environment and you definitely want to. What tips or advice do you have for someone who kind of maybe suddenly hit with this inspiration to spring clean? It could be like a big undertaking, you know, depending on Mm -hmm. your to-do list. Um, Where should they start? Anywhere, honestly. So (laughs) depending on the person. uh, So if a person has the inspiration already, that's awesome. A lot of people when faced with, like if they've really let their home get out of control over the winter time, um, or for whatever reason, maybe they've been really busy and they're looking at like, oh, every room is a mess. I've got so much stuff I need to get rid of. It can be overwhelming for a lot of people just to get started. So honestly, just start is usually what I say. 
But in addition to that, if you really like wanted to get everything together, certainly have a plan and certainly like don't expect to get it all done at once. So say to yourself, okay, today I'm just going to tackle the, you know, kitchen and I'm going to, you know, declutter the counters in the kitchen and just see how it looks. Depending on how you're motivated, you might do the biggest job first so that the, the one that provides the most sort of like visual change, like if you've got Uh, like big stuff that you want to get rid of that provides that sense of relief immediately. Or you might just start with something small and easy, like, okay, I'm just going to take out all the recycling. Yeah. I feel like you could just start so many different projects at one time Mm -hmm. and then kind of not finish anything. And that might make you Mm -hmm. feel a little bit crazier than it did before. So I like that advice of kind of just starting small, maybe it's one closet at a time or cleaning the kitchen counters, like you suggested. Yes. So we talked about, you know, the mental impact uh, positively, you know, with cleaning and decluttering. Um, How does cleaning serve as, you know, a distraction for when you're trying to procrastinate or you're putting something off? You know, is cleaning ever not a good thing? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes cleaning can be a form of procrastination, particularly if you are a person who finds the emotional, like, benefit of cleaning and being in control. If you do have something else important that you need to do and you're cleaning something that's already pretty clean, ask yourself like, okay, is now the time to deep clean behind the like sink in the bathroom? Or is that something I can do next week after my deadline? I'm curious, how does, or if it does, how does OCD play into cleaning and that kind of always having to be like tidying up? What's that relationship like? That's a good question. So not everybody with OCD will have a compulsion, particularly towards cleaning. However, if somebody with OCD does have a compulsion towards cleaning, it's usually specific. So it's usually one particular thing uh, or, or a few particular things. And normally with that kind of cleaning, a person may clean something over and over again because they don't feel like it really got clean in the first place or because they um, feel that it got recontaminated even when it likely didn't. So during uh, COVID, you may see people cleaning doorknobs repeatedly or cleaning countertops repeatedly or um, a lot of cleaning in the bathroom, you know, maybe after every single person used it in the same household, you know, where we might not actually, the CDC may not recommend that level of cleaning. Kind of along the same lines, like with ADHD, you know, um, people with this condition, you know, may have a cluttered space, um, but they know where everything is or the opposite might be true. When they put something away, they may not remember where they put it away. How does ADHD play into cleaning as well? Now, some common symptoms of ADHD can be difficulty organizing things and frequently losing things and having trouble seeing projects through to the end. So for folks with ADHD, cleaning and organizing can be a huge challenge. However, some people with ADHD may actually find that that is critical to them for their other kinds of functioning. So some people with ADHD may require themselves to have a clean and neat workspace because as we talked about earlier, that idea of clutter being distracting could be so much worse for somebody who is already struggling to keep themselves focused. So, you know, I think one 
one piece of advice I give to any individual that I'm trying to work with on that clinically, like on, on cleaning and organizing is there is no one right way to do it, but you need to do what works for you. Everybody needs to have some level of organization, but it doesn't have to be the same for every person. Yeah, absolutely. It's very personal, you know, like, um, what works for me might not work for you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, what works for you? What makes you the most motivated and productive at that point? You got to start kind of thinking about it from that aspect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So if a person needs to kind of have everything out on their desk, even though it's kind of cluttered in order to just have it in arm's reach when they want or need something, then that's how that works for them. Right. That is definitely not me. If I have anything kind of on my desk, I have a hard time focusing. Mm. Um, So I have to always kind of like put things away a little bit, even before I tackle kind of the first thing on my to-do list. Is that like a normal behavior, would you say? Yes. I mean, I think individual differences vary. Like, for example, I like to have my pen out on my desk, like within easy reach and a bunch of other things that I just want, like, (laughs) right. And so, and I think that that as long as it works for a person is just a personality difference. And so as long as it doesn't interfere with you getting started with your work day, as long as you're not spending an excessive time cleaning and organizing every single day before you start your day, or at the end of the day, if you're having trouble disconnecting from work because you're excessively cleaning. But if you've got a rhythm and a routine that works for you, that you just take something out and put it back away, that's awesome. Yeah. I think it's important to kind of find that fine line, you know, as long as mm-hmm. still completing your tasks and being productive and it's not disrupting your day, like you said. Yep. So according to one study from 2010, people who described their homes as cluttered or complained about, you know, the unfinished projects that we all have, uh, these people were more likely to suffer from depression and fatigue, Mm -hmm. while those who described their home as restful and restorative um, were more likely just to be happier and have better mental health. So there definitely seems to be some sort of connection um, Mm -hmm. in most people between, you know, the being clean and organized and having better mental health. And I know we've, you know, touched on it here and there, but why do you think exactly that is? Well, I think they're definitely interrelated and, you know, it's in a lot of cases, it may be that the depression or fatigue or other mental health condition is actually causing the disorganization. Not always. However, like some core symptoms of depression are low interest in things, lack of motivation, fatigue, sleep disturbance, concentration problems. And so if somebody was experiencing depression, they are less likely to, to maintain the focus required to fully finish the task of cleaning or organizing to, you know, care whether or not there's dirty socks on the floor, like, because unfortunately that's, those are some of the symptoms of depression. So a person's home may become disorganized, dirty, cluttered as as a result of that. And, And similar with, with fatigue, it may not be that they don't care. It may be that they're just out of energy to, to do it. It may bother them quite a bit. (laughs) Um, now on the flip side, if a person with depression or with fatigue or with some other like barrier can push themselves or can figure out ways to make it easier to clean up, to be organized conversely, that, that may help with the depression that may help with energy and focus. 
Oftentimes you hear about, you know, creative people, they're often artists or writers who kind of thrive in this sort of creative, messy environment. I'm curious, what is the difference between someone like this, who is okay with mess and they thrive in this mess versus someone who has a hoarding disorder? So I think the big difference is how they handle cleaning up. So, and also maybe the reasons why it's cluttered in the first place. So when a person with a hoarding disorder is faced with pressure, because often they may be faced with pressure from other people to do it, to clean up and throw things out and get rid of things, they will feel emotional distress. They will have great difficulty, you know, parting with things because a core feature of having a hoarding disorder is feeling this strong need to keep things just in case I need them. And so, and so it can be very, very distressing. Whereas for a person who's maybe just creative, a little more messy, just doesn't really get bothered by clutter, just kind of keeps things around. They're likely not really keeping a lot of things around on purpose because they're afraid to let go of them in case they need them. They're probably just not really all that like focused on whether or not there's clutter around. So there's just not that important to them. So if they are faced with often external pressure, like from a partner or a family member, or just, you know, they, they suddenly have a realization like, oh gosh, I've really got to clean up around here. They'll be able to do it without like a lot of distress. They may feel bored or frustrated at like doing all the work of cleaning up, but they could make decisions about, do I need this or not? So I'm curious, how often do you see people coming to you to seek help for a hoarding disorder? Oftentimes you see, you know, those TV shows where they've just gotten the mess, the mess has gotten so out of control. What are some of the things that like you work with people with this disorder to do to kind of solve those problems? Where do they start? Hoarding disorder can be very, very difficult to treat. Um, and so I think it would depend on the individual and how intense they it was and, and, and the motivation behind it. However, like often some components of cognitive behavioral therapy are really helpful. We can help people try to challenge beliefs they have about whether or not they need an object, help people identify ways to start slow, practice um, tolerating the anxiety that comes from throwing something away. So we really need to start slow because again, it can be very distressing and it needs to come from the person. They need to have the motivation and be ready to say, yes, I'm going to throw some things away. Are there different like varying degrees of hoarding disorder kind of from one end of the spectrum, kind of, you know, slight all the way to very severe cases? Yeah, absolutely. And there's different, um, like with anything, it can look different in different people. So some people may be more like they like to be prepared. So they have like, they have like lots of canned goods stocked, whereas other people may have trouble throwing away just about anything. Some people may just have like certain things and hoarding doesn't necessarily mean that a person is generally dirty, messy, or disorganized. They may pile up their garage super full, but keep their, keep their like you know, living room and dining room, very nice. And so like, it can really vary person to person. It's not all just what you see on TV. So the last thing I want to ask you about today is if you're suffering from a compulsive need to, you know, clean your entire house, or if you're really struggling with this thought that you have to have everything neat and perfect and in its place in your house, um, what advice do you have for these types of people? 
So what you're describing there sounds like it might fall into that personality dimension of perfectionism. And so my advice is that, you know, perfectionism is a double-edged sword. So it can help us excel at things because we strive to do them perfectly. However, the cost is the mental energy and effort required to do that. And very, very often that goes along with unpleasant anxiety about getting something right. And so if you find yourself plagued by anxiety about getting something right, if you find that every time you, let's say, are having a gathering or, you know, um, approaching some type of landmark where you need to do spring cleaning or something like that, and you are bothered excessively by it. You're bothered by anxiety about it. You're finding that you can't relax and, and wind down at the end of the day, cleaning, even though you're tired, then that might be a time to take a step back and say, do, do I need, do I need to talk to somebody about this? Is this rising to the level of some type of anxiety disorder? Or do I just need to give myself a break and say, you know what? It's good enough. Again, kind of knowing yourself, knowing what works for you and knowing kind of when you do cross that boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. Dr. Potter, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your insight with us. Thanks for having me. To learn more about mental health, visit clevelandclinic.org behavioral health. Thank you for listening to Health Essentials brought to you by Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic Children's. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit clevelandclinic.org slash HEPodcast. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest health tips, news, and information.